Welcome to Leading Lights. You are about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church. Did you know that the Bible says we should make every effort to keep unity? And that's a strange statement. You know, there are many things I would think we should make every effort about in our Christian life. But the Bible highlights unity and the reason is because it is so easy for us as humans to mess up unity and the devil is attacking the church to try and break our unity. You know, in a car engine, there's a thing called an oil filter. So there are a couple of other filters as well. There's an air filter so that air coming into the engine is filtered for impurities so that none of the impurities from the outside air get into the car. There's also a fuel filter so that when we put fuel in our car, it's filtered before it gets into the engine so that none of those impurities can get in. But the oil filter is not for outside things. It's for the oil that's already in the car and is circulating around the car. What is oil supposed to do? It's supposed to lubricate the car to make sure that all the little mechanical pieces smoothly flow and function. And the church is just like that. The church is an engine. The Bible uses the description of a body but we could say just like an engine with all the different parts and cogs and levers and, and different mechanical parts that move. And the oil is like the unity of the spirit that keeps things flowing smoothly. The opposite of oil when there's no oil is friction. And I'm sure you've been in a church where there's friction. I once visited a church where a husband and wife were leading worship together and they were both singing and they were both playing the guitar and they were standing next to each other but they were having a competition as to who would lead us in worship and so the one would say we're going to sing this verse now and the next one would say we're going to sing this and you could tell there was conflict between them and because there wasn't the oil of unity and and just a smooth flow of peace and harmony and love Things felt like they were grating. It felt like metal rubbing against metal. And there was a feeling of disquiet and disunity. Now, I don't know if you realize it, but the Bible has a lot to say about this. And those little impurities that get into the oil, either where there's no oil, where there's not enough of this unity and, and, and uh, good intention and the Spirit of God in, in us, either no oil or there are impurities in the oil because the filter system is not working. And those impurities are called offenses. So let me read you these two verses and I'll put them together and I'll show you that we need an oil filter in our churches and in our families in anything that we do together as Christians. So the first verse is Luke chapter 17 and verse 1. Jesus said, to his disciples, it is impossible that no offenses should come, but woe to him through whom they do come. Jesus said it is impossible. You know, when Jesus says something is impossible, he is right. He is absolutely correct. It is impossible that there be no offenses. Now, most of us, we approach life with a bit of an optimistic point of view, and we say, yes, yes, sure, other churches will have offenses. Other people will have offenses, 
but I won't. But Jesus said it is impossible that no offenses should come. So we need to understand that offenses will come. What are offenses? Offenses are where I feel aggrieved, I feel hurt, I feel like someone has done wrong to me or someone has done wrong to someone else or there is something that I'm not happy about and so I'm offended. And I'm sure you'll agree with me that in our modern world, the level of being offended is going up and up every day. People get offended so easily, so often, and if they don't have something to be offended about for themselves, they will look around for someone else who's offended and say, let me get offended with them or on their behalf. And so offenses will come. We need to understand these things that break unity or that cause us to separate from someone or, or not to be close to someone or not to love someone. These things will come in your church and in your life. I can guarantee you, I can promise with 100% certainty that offenses will come. Jesus said it. It is impossible that no offenses should come. But then we read in, well, I've quoted Ephesians 4. Let me read it to you. Ephesians 4 verse 3. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Make every effort. That talks about trying hard. Why should I have to try hard? Most of us walk into Christianity and in church life and maybe even in family life and marriage as well. And we think, I won't need to try. I love these people. They love me. We both love God. We have the spirit. We have the oil. There's no need to make every effort. But he says in Ephesians 4 verse 3 that it is something we have to work on. And this is the oil filter of the body of Christ. And I'm going to go through six aspects of this oil filter today. You ask me, what am I describing? I'm describing the way we keep unity, given that there will be impurities and offenses in our church life and in our personal lives. So just to reiterate, there are impurities coming into the engine of our families and our churches. It's definitely going to happen. We are definitely going to be offended and definitely others are going to be offended at us. And God says, make every effort to keep unity. It's important to do this. And so I need to work out what is the mechanism, given there will be offenses, but unity is important. In other words, he was saying, don't just run away. When an offense comes, when you're unhappy, you know, in our modern world, if we go to a restaurant and the food is not quite right or the waiter doesn't treat us well, we just don't go back there ever again and we'll go somewhere else because there is so much choice. And that is fine when it comes to buying certain products and services. But in the body of Christ, he says, make every effort to keep the unity, to keep it because God has given it to us by his spirit. But we've got to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. Isn't that amazing? Just before I go into this filter system, this six step filter system for avoiding this separation and this running away and finding a way to work through offenses, because there is a way. If he says we can do it, he says offenses will come, but you can keep unity if you make an effort through these steps. If he says we can do it, we can do it. We can manage to 
avoid uh, offense, uh, avoid running away from each other, separation, or the grinding, grating of friction in our churches and in our relationships. But before I do that, I just want to read you a few verses to show how important unity is. Amos 3 verse 3 says, Can two walk together unless they are agreed? And the answer is no, you can't. You might attend the same church, but you look the other way. You don't want to be in ministry with them. You don't want to say hello to them. Can two walk together unless they are agreed? Genesis 11 verse 6, the Lord said, If as one people speaking the same language, they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. When people are together with a common goal and unified and speaking the same language, that means they're together in this, then nothing is impossible. There is a multiplied power when we are agreed. Matthew 18, 19, Jesus said, If two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Agreement, unity, as opposed to separating ourselves or putting up walls of offense. Mark 3.25, if a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. You know, I believe that many, many churches and families today are in one place together, but there are so many walls between people and groups that they're divided against themselves. And therefore, that engine is not working well. When somebody comes in, they hear and they feel a grinding and a grating feeling. When the engine tries to do something for God, they can't make progress. And and we see the the engine sputtering and faltering and they can't move ahead. And the reason is because of this. Jesus said in John 17, 21, he's praying and he says that they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me and the glory you gave me, I have given them that they may be one just as we are one. Jesus wants us to be united, but it takes effort. It doesn't happen automatically. And then lastly, 2 Corinthians 2, Paul is speaking about a person in a church that had sinned and he says, we must now forgive them. And he says, anyone you forgive, I also forgive. And what I have forgiven, if there was anything to forgive, I have forgiven in the sight of Christ for your sake, in order that Satan might not outwit us, for we are not unaware of his schemes. Paul says the devil is scheming to hurt and break the church, to make this engine ineffective, to stop us from racing ahead and doing all the great things God wants for us, to stop us from experiencing that frictionless unity and peace of the Spirit. Satan is trying to stop us, and it says he has schemes, which means he's planning strategies and different ways of doing it, And it has to do with forgiving one another. So let me go through these six steps. The first uh, area of offense are internal feelings. Have you ever just been offended by somebody? Maybe it's the way they act. Maybe you thought they should have said or done something and they didn't. Maybe they have said something against you. whatever it is, an internal feeling, or maybe they've sinned or you think they've sinned, but you're not sure. And the natural response of the world, which is then amplified by the devil, he makes us want to do this. The natural response is to distance myself, separate myself, say, well, 
I, I have to love them, but I don't have to like them. Well, I won't have much to do with them. Those are internal feelings. And the answer to this is an attitude of love, an attitude of love. Listen to Colossians 3 verse 12. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which you were called in one body, and be thankful. This is the oil of the Spirit, and if it's not present between us, it needs to come out from us to lubricate that relationship. And what he's saying is forgive, uh, think the best, overlook, be willing to say it's okay. I'm not going to insist on my rights or my way. I'm not going to insist on justice. I'm going to let love overcome a multitude of sins, as the Bible says. 1 Corinthians 13 verse 7 says, Love always protects, always trusts, always hopes always perseveres. This is talking about the fact that we can choose to be hard and, and insist on justice or insist on our way, or it's me that has to be right or me that has to be served. We can do that, but then the engine starts to grind and grate. Or we can say, I'm going to protect the other person. When someone speaks bad about someone, I'm going to say, no, we don't talk about others. I'm going to trust. That means when they say something, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. Always hopes. I'm going to hope that the best possible motives were behind what they were saying. And always perseveres. That means I'm going to keep trying. I'm going to make every effort to make this work. Can you see if this oil of unity, if we make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace with love, with forgiveness, with tenderness, with humility, with not insisting on our own way. And these are, are many characteristics that are repeated again and again in the Bible. If I do that, I can. This is the first step in this oil filter system where, yes, somebody may have done something wrong or somebody may have done something different to the way I like it. It may not be my preference, but instead of insisting on my way, I let them have their way. I prefer others. I give and I give instead of wanting to receive. The second is regarding leaders. And this is a big one. You know, I know of several churches, um, one of them in particular, where the, the leader was being attacked by people who were in the church and who'd left the church. And it was a concerted thing where it just became open season to attack and to criticize and to malign and to say their, their judgments and their actions were bad and to uh, impute motives and, and say, I know why he did that. It's because he's arrogant or selfish or whatever. And leaders are often attacked. Jesus said they will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. And so leaders can be the reason for some of these offenses. And I'll just give you a few reasons. Number one, if the leader sins, there is a, a response we're supposed to have if the leader sins. What about if the leader makes um, bad judgments or they 
teach something that's not correct in the Bible. There are solutions, and I'm going to get onto that in a moment. God has given us an oil filter, a way of dealing with that, and it, it's, it works. It works in churches. If we follow God's process, it works. But what about if a leader chooses to do something that you would have chosen differently? Let's just say there's, there's a little bit of extra money in the church coffers and the leader says, we're going to use it to do an outreach to Albania. And you say, no, we should have uh, replaced the sound system or whatever it might be. We should have given that money there. We should have done this. We shouldn't have sang those songs. We shouldn't have preached that sermon series. We don't like the length of the service. There's so many things. In all of these things, there is a way that we can overcome them. And I'm going to deal with the sin and the legitimate sins in a moment. But for now, I just want to talk about judgment calls. Titus 3 verses 1 and 2 says, Remind people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to obey, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to be peaceable, gentle, showing all humility to all men. So this is the big idea regarding leaders when they've offended you. If they've sinned, I'm going to show you the process. But if it's a judgment call, we can say, you know what? Not everybody's opinion can be put into effect. Everyone in the church may have a different opinion. And God has chosen for someone to be the leader to make that choice. And as long as it's not a sin, if it's just a, a judgment call and a preference that might be different to yours, we're told to submit and to be humble and trust that God will lead and guide that leader and change their mind if, that, if it needs to be done. What about sins? Well, Matthew 18 verse 15 says, If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. So this relates to leaders, but it also relates to other people. And it says that if your brother sins against you, Go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. So there's a couple of points here. Number one, it must be a sin. So this in a leader it could be a sin. Although the Bible does say that there's got to be facts behind it. In Timothy, he says there must be at least three witnesses if you're going to accuse a leader of a sin. So we've got to know the facts. It's not just a, a vague thought or a, I don't like the way he does something. There's got to be a sin that is a serious sin that we cannot overlook. But if there is a sin, he says, go and tell him his fault, you and him alone. In other words, it's not for me to gather a group of people. It's not for me to say, let's talk about the sin together. It's not right for me to gather people and say, we together are going to approach the leader. It says, go to him alone. Now, in some churches, there's a process where you don't actually go to him. You go to a complaints page or a, a, an eldership board or a complaint system, but still it's going alone to that correct place where you make a complaint. And you've got to go alone. Now, in this passage here in Matthew 18, it says, if it works, wonderful, you've had unity. If not, you can get, ask somebody to help you, take somebody with you, and then you can involve the whole church. And then if you still can't agree, you can agree to separate. But there is a process that God has given us. It's not for us just to um, bear a grudge or, or to stay silent. Um, you know, we, we've, got to, we've got to deal with it and we've got to use the filter so that we can move on and, and have unity again. What about secondhand offenses? This is where 
a person has been offended and they want somebody else to be offended with them, or we love to get offended on somebody else's behalf. We call it justice, a righteous cause. We're going to rise up. We're going to be whistleblowers. We're going to be fight, fighting against injustice. And actually what it is, is I'm picking up a fence and I'm bringing more and more impurities into this oil, this, this friction-free zone. I'm bringing the impurities because I'm just multiplying offenses. Uh, Hebrews 12 verse 15 says, See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God. Grace is where you overlook a sin. It says, See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. So what this says is that when one person is offended and others forget about grace and they say, let's get offended together in the name of justice or whatever it is, what happens is a bitter root grows up and defiles many. I've been in churches where there are groups of people who are against the leaders or against other groups of people and they say, let's gang up together and let's try and change the system or let's be here to keep that leader or that person in check and, and to watch out that they don't go off track. And what it is, is we're setting up offenses and bitter roots and impurities in the system where it's not a frictionless zone. There are people trying to watch out over each other to make sure they don't go out of line. And what we need to do is either give grace or address the sin correctly. You know, in our church, we have a system. If you have a complaint, you bring it. It gets looked at by two elders and they interview everybody. If it's something that is just between two individuals that can be resolved, they, they say, let's deal with it that way. If it is something serious that requires discipline of a leader, they will do that. If not, they, they will say, this is our decision. And there is an appeals process. That sounds very formal, but we feel it's important because there has to be a way that we can keep the unity of the Spirit and deal with these things rather than allowing them to just build up and bitter roots build up and we start to have more and more friction. What about getting help? I just want to read you this passage from Philippians 4 verse 2. Paul is writing to the Philippians and there's two ladies, Euodia and Syntyche. He says, I entreat Euodia and I entreat Syntyche to agree in the Lord. Yes, I ask you also, true companion, or in the footnotes, it says loyal yoke fellow. In other words, you know when Jesus said, take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light if you're weary and heavy laden. That's a yoke that they would put across oxen so they could pull together. And Paul was saying, I have yoke fellows. I have team members who I'm yoked with and we are united. And Euodia and Syntyche are part of that, but they're not agreeing with each other. There's two oxen that are trying to pull together, but they, they're pulling apart from each other. They're backbiting each other. And the whole enterprise is being affected. There's no unity. There's impurities in the system. He says, I entreat Euodia and Syntyche, agree in the Lord. And then he says, I ask you, loyal yoke fellow. So this is another person. I'm not sure who it was, maybe Titus, to help these women who have labored by my side, yoked with me in the gospel, together with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers, whose names are in the book of life. He says, there's this team of us, Clement, you yoke fellow, Euodia, Syntyche, and there's many other fellow workers, and we're yoked, pulling together for a common purpose. 
and he says, please try and help these ladies to overcome it. So you might say to me, well, who do I go to? If I can't complain and I can't tell somebody else, find somebody who will tell you the truth, who won't just take your side and get offended on your behalf, but who will speak the truth and help you to resolve these issues. And then lastly, leave well if necessary. There are times where we have to leave. When David was being persecuted by King Saul, he ran away, but he refused to speak badly of Saul. He refused to attack Saul or hurt Saul. He said, I'm going to protect unity, but I have to withdraw myself. If you have to leave, leave, but don't say bad things about other churches, other leaders. Don't throw hand grenades as you're leaving a church because God wants us to keep unity and to keep the bond of the Spirit. Let me just close with this verse, 1 Corinthians 1 verse 10. Now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. In other words, if the leaders make a judgment, we say we're getting behind it, even if it's different to what we want. And then lastly, Philippians 2 verse 2. Make my joy complete by thinking the same way, having the same love, being united in spirit and intent on one purpose. Father, I pray for churches and families that the oil of your spirit, the peace and the unity of your spirit and the bond of love would be in place and that we would use this filter system to overcome these offenses and not be like the world which wants to amplify offenses, but Lord, that we would flow smoothly, that we would find unity, that we would overcome divisions, that we wouldn't gossip or speak with others about our offenses, but Lord, that you would cause unity so that your body would grow strong and flourish. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com and subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts. Please consider supporting this ministry by making a donation on the giving page at leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.